Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, and speaker. Today, we are chatting with Jennifer Knox, and I am super excited for this episode. It is COVID creativity in the classroom. And before we get too far down the road here, let's hear from Jennifer Knox, because it is your first time on Well Played. Uh... So yeah, if you could introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself, that'd be great. Okay, thank you. So I'm Jennifer Knox. I teach English. My students are all juniors. I have um, two different classes that I teach. I teach um, American literature, and then I also teach a dual credit course, uh, you know, the 1301-1302 that... Um, you know, a freshman in college would take. Um, so those th- those are my preps for this year. Whew. Uh, that's pretty awesome. How, how, how is it being a high school teacher? I've only taught, I've taught elementary and I've taught middle. I love it. I never thought I would become a high school teacher. So I don't know, it was kind of an accidental thing. Um, I started out as a grade school teacher. Yes, I did three years in grade school, first grade and fourth grade. And then I thought I was just going to, you know, die an elementary teacher. Uh, I mean, I I loved it. I mean, you know, Um, but fourth grade really was my thing. First grade, it, it was still, I've heard it described as herding cats. And I am kind of a planner, and when my lesson would get thrown off, which does in first grade, you know, there's always somebody stealing someone's crayon or, you know, doing something that you, know, you have to focus and, you know, pull them apart and <laughs> go back to what you were doing. Um, that always kind of irritated me so much. And, um, but then, <laughs> then they moved me to fourth grade, thankfully. And that was where I kind of found where I belonged. And then, you know, my husband uh, got a promotion in his company and we had to move from that school district. And so that was, that was difficult. So, um, I took kind of a a break and I I was a substitute teacher for the district that we moved into because my, my children were in third grade and fourth grade when we moved. And so I just subbed in whatever school that they were uh, in. And so I got to sub all grade levels and then they got to high school, getting ready to leave for college. And I thought, what do I want to do with my life? <laughs> so I really, I loved being in school. Um, so I thought, I'll go get a master's degree. Nice. <laughs> that would be fun. And um, when when the, the, the school that I was subbing in, my, my children's school, found out I was getting a master's degree in English, they said, we want to hire you. And I thought, why? <laughs> uh, and they thought, well, be- because, you know, you're, you're good at this. I'm like, okay, okay, um, if you say so. And um, I certainly enjoyed it. Um, so here I am. And so now I teach at this school. Um, and my master's degree allows me to teach the dual credit part. So I get to teach a college course, but I also get to teach high school course um and i'm constantly learning so yeah so so i I love love it it. i love it that's an awesome story and 
way different than most people's uh, path to where they end up. That's crazy that you started in first, moved yeah. to fourth, then were uh, like jack of all trades substitute. And then the district basically said, ooh, we want to hire you, like future you when you finish this. And that's that's amazing. That's amazing. I will also agree with you. I While I've never taught first grade, uh, I have gone and done like some first grade activities. And I really do feel like, holy cow, I have, he- I have heard it once described as trying to put diapers on butterflies. Like, yeah. it's... Uh, <laughs> It's pretty tough. It's pretty tough. <laughs> there are certain personalities that are just, just, you know, born to to do that. Not mine. Yeah, clearly. nor mine. So, all right. So, getting down to business. Welcome to Well Played Community. So excited to have you on the show. Uh, as we look to this this topic, COVID creativity, kind of in our classrooms. Uh, I know that you have. Red Explorer Like a Pirate. I know you were like thinking about adding that. And there's always that moment where like you read it and you're like, I'm fired up to do this, but who, what, you know, how do I start? Where do I begin? Uh, I think I know we were talking pre-show that that's a piece of your story here. Uh, but if you want to give us a little background to sort of the, that, that'd be good. Sure. Sure. So, you know, midway through last year, um, I was, uh, now I was teaching 10th and 11th grade, um, and I still hadn't finished my master's degree. I, you know, I just finished it this last summer, which was crazy too with everything that was going on. Um, but you know, I always enjoyed bringing games. Well, everything in my life is a game really. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, if, if there's something like kind of difficult that I need to do, I just make it like a game board out of it and, you know, just play my way through it. And eventually I get the project done. Um, but that's one of the things I love as a teacher is, is bringing those games in. Um, but I wanted to do something a, a little more than just like the review games, you know, like, you know, Kahoot is great, but, you know, once you get to the end of your unit and you're ready for the test, it only kind of makes sense there. And by that time, it's too late. I'm thinking, well, how do we bring, you know, some game-like elements into the the discovery of the unit or whatever we're going to learn? That's really where the value is um, for me. So. I'm looking into how to do this and I did, I did get your book and I'm about halfway through it. And I thought, no, I I can't do this. This is overwhelming. And so I put it down and then I started thinking about, you know, back in fourth grade, uh, although I love, you know, I love fourth grade, but as a new teacher, I was really struggling with just the classroom management and the pacing and, you know, how to, how to keep kids, you know, on task. And my principal who was amazing, uh, gave me these ideas and, and I realized what I had been doing was gamification. We just didn't call it that back then. Um, just using elements, using dice, using chance, um, using cards, um, anything that we could do to just make it a little different, adding music, adding color, adding movement, um, adding just all the senses into the lesson to 
you know, get kids to remember to, you know, get their brains to open up and want to learn. And so I thought, wait a minute, I've kind of done this already. So, okay, I can do this. And so that I opened the book back up and, and I finished the book. Um, and so thinking, you know, back in January thinking, okay, what can I start doing? So every week I really just tried to bring kind of one piece, one idea. And Smart. I believe, I believe there is um, a section in your book. I know this is an idea that I heard from you, but um, the experience of a lesson. And I think it's something about uh, a, a ship, a traveling yeah. in a ship. And some, it, it, am I correct on that? You yeah. have a lesson and you are, were you spraying water on the Yeah, so I have, this, I have this Greek lesson where we learn about this very famous Greek naval battle that like That's saves it. democracy. It's amazing. That's it. And uh, it used to be just a lecture. So in the book, I talk about how I, I, I always am trying to create experiences for my kids. I want them to remember these lessons. Like I want it to be visceral if I could. And yes. so I took this, what was just a like PowerPointy sort of lecture and turned it into like, I got these long, like they're not two by fours. They're not that long, but like, you know, this, this, these little sticks, if you will, that are nicely cut, you know, so no, no slivers or whatever. And kids literally pretend to be the the oarsmen in this boat and then i was trying to think of like how can we like build this up even more and so yeah like i got out like i'm playing epic music and then i even got a little spray bottle and i sort of missed them like it's anything i could do to like make that really immersive it, yes so when i read that and i had seen some other examples you know from from other teachers i thought okay that's what i wanted to do because you know, as a high school teacher, all I had were the luxury le <laughs> lessons. You know, that's what we do. That's what we know. That's what I had in high school. I didn't have any other, you know, ways of doing it. But I thought, no, this is what I need to do. And so one of the first things that I did was um, we were reading A Rose for Emily by William Faulkner. And it's a, it's a short story. And it was a, a unit on short stories. And uh, so I I went and bought a single red rose and I put it in a, a vase, uh, my front table as students are coming in, I'm greeting them at the door and they are instructed to stop and smell the rose and then go off to their desk. And <laughs> I love my students because they'll do just about anything I ask. They'll look at me a little funny, but then they'll just do it. Um, and so... <laughs> Mm, you know, they would they would stop and smell, you know, because it's like, how do you bring smell into the lesson? You know, it, that's a hard one. Yep. Um, you know, now we can't really even bring food. I, you know, I used to bring food into the classroom and now we don't really even do that. And with all the different protocols that we have to deal with now, um, it's hard to do that. But, you know, we can stop and smell a rose. Right. Um, but the great thing is on like day because because we broke we broke this out over about three days because it's a it's pretty meaty short story. Um, and you know, over the, over the three days, that rose really started to smell terrible. <laughs> it, it stunk, it. but you still had to stop and smell it. And you know, it, it, for me, it, it was, this is how the story went, you know, um, there's death in this story. Um, that, you know, the, the whole idea of, you know, what happened to the South and reconstruction, um, it stunk, you know, 
Simply uh, and put. For, and, you know, and for Emily in the story, there there literally are, are some the smell of death coming from her home. Um, and it's, you know, an allegory of, you know, what was happening in the South to people that just wanted to hold on to these ideas. And so that that experience of actually smelling the rose, um, hopefully <laughs> helped that idea stick, um, that over time things, um, begin to smell. Um, so I really tried to bring some kind of an experience into each lesson and, and it was going great, you know, and then, and then COVID. COVID hit. Yes. So when COVID hit, then like, just like all of us, uh, you almost have to throw out how you think of your classroom and your lesson. I mean, like it, it was such a shock to, to sort of my system because so much of what I do rests on that relationship you have with kids and that, that magic, that spark in the moment, in the, in the space. And I'm not saying you can't achieve that online, but I just never had to. So it was like, there was a big question, like, can it be done online? Right. Um, yeah, I, I felt the same way that you did. I had never taught online. Um, fortunately, but it, you know, getting my master's degree, you know, in this last year, um, I had to take a couple of online classes just because, you know, they, the, the university I went to offered some and, and that's all that was, you know, available for me at the time that I could take it. So you know, I, I, I reluctantly took, uh, t- you know, two classes and the, the first one that I took, it was, it was okay, but I was missing that, that piece of, you know, being with the other students, collaborating with them, um, you know, just having that time with the, the, the professor to, to talk and, um, just have those conversations, those live conversations. I, I really missed it. And I thought, Ooh, this online learning is not for me. But then I had to take another class that was a little different. The instructor, I'm sorry, the instructor um, was, she taught people how to teach classes. Um, And so she really um, showed me what it could be like. Um, And it was a much more positive experience. She figured out how to get us to collaborate, even though we weren't in the same room. And it was a great experience. So I had two very different experiences of, you know, being a student and doing that online. Um, But so I knew that it could work. I just didn't have the experience to do it. But I thought a lot about my professor that did do it well. Well, I thought about both of them, <laughs> the one that did it well and the one that that it was a struggle for me to connect and just thought about, OK, so how can I you know, make this better? And really, gamification for me just was a no brainer. Like, ah, OK, I've got to do this now like this to keep myself sane and to just find a way to make it fun for students. That's awesome. Uh, I know at the beginning of COVID, it was definitely advice that I was giving people, especially as I had to convert things over into digital. And it was like, I don't know if this is gonna work, but I definitely encouraged new gamifiers that this is actually a really good moment because you had to throw everything out anyways. So like, (laughs) if you're gonna build, let's just treat this as a giant incubator of innovation and try it. And I told a lot of teachers, you know, 
wrap that if you want into your story like kids are it's weird they're at home they're you yeah. know facetiming not facetiming they're zooming into like their classrooms this is weird it's all weird yeah so like use that you know like use that already as like oh you guys are on expeditions you're like go you know you're already they're already doing something weird just embrace right. it <laughs> and uh so it's awesome that you kind of had the same idea in that like yeah let's give it a let's give it a go now let's do this right and and the fact that you know they are not right in front of me um you know making you know those faces that teenagers make when they don't like things you know, rolling their eyes was great because I didn't need to know what their reaction was. If it was silly, if it was stupid, um, if it was like, you know, what is she doing now? Um, I didn't have to experience that. So it was kind of risk free and in so many ways. And even, you know, with, with, you know, the, the administration and mine is wonderful, but you never really know how others are going to take your these new ideas that you're throwing in. Um, it, it was really no risk because, you know, they just wanted to make sure that, you know, kids were doing something and checking in. And, you know, so it was like, OK, let's do this now. So I, I and, and there was no big, you know, fanfare rollout. We're going to do a game. <laughs> Right. For me, <laughs> I snuck it into the um, our LMS, our, our, our learning system online, um, we already had in place called Canvas. Um, and we would post our lessons online in little modules. And I just stuck the game at the bottom of the module to see who would open it. <laughs> and I, I titled it the game um very creative jen um (laughs) but uh i just wanted to see hey who you know who would go click on it you know who who are the ones that you know are like oh what's this click um and and did it that way and 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 you know there, there were a few that were you know would find it um but then you know there weren't a whole lot that were finding it i had you know, upwards of like 150 students and maybe, you know, two or three had found it that first week. And so the game master uh, sent out a message through the LMS, um, you know, kind of giving them some clues as to, you know, where they could find the game and, you know, let's play. And that got some more coming in. And um, when all was said and done, I think there were about maybe 15 students that really like played the game. You know, some would come in and, oh, this is cool. And they'd earn a badge or something. But there were some like it was it. I don't want to say cutthroat, but it was definitely healthy competition. And, and they were having fun. And I was having a blast at a time where a lot of my colleagues were having a very difficult time so with what was going on. If I was, yeah, definitely. If I was to unpack a little bit of what you said there, uh, some great things. One, notice that there can be a lot of different types of rollouts. And this, this was an awesome, one of the awesome styles you can choose is actually just to put it out there and see who you know inquisitively sort of stumbles in and yes you know with that kind of rollout you're not all of a sudden going to have 90 percent like doing it but you know that and that's like it was it was cool to see a style it actually gives you a little chance to sort of make some changes maybe before you make the big rollout because all of a sudden you see like oh that direction didn't make much sense they didn't hand in this thing right or whatever and so you can fix that a little bit uh 
And then your second layer of rollout is is still an invitation. It's still not like mandatory. It wasn't like wrapped into their test prep or something like that. So, uh, but but it, it upped the stakes. It was almost like running a commercial, if you will. Like, hey, there's this thing, you know, try it out. And yes. yep, again, that's not going to capture 90%. But like, you're you're inviting more. You're you're building this in, and it it is my favorite sort of style, to to slowly layer it in because what you're doing is you're getting those early adopters. You found the first inquisitive minds, yeah. And then you did that little infomercial, if you will, and boom, you capture that next wave of early adopters. And designing for them is so fun because they're the ones that kind of want to do it. And then that next layer is the ones that are going to drop in. Like you said, there was probably like another layer of kids that like did a quest or two or whatever you called them, you know, did, did some activities that they yes. didn't have to do. And as I say, like, that's a win. Like, even if they only did one and never played again, they did one more assignment than they had to do in your course because they chose, they chose to do it. Right. Like, right. And that to me is so cool. It's so fun to design for different groups. Now, if we extrapolate this out and say that you ran it for a year, you start to design for different groups. And to me, that's also fun. It's, I don't know, I find it so freeing to, to create your class that everyone has to take. So you've done what you have to do as a teacher. Like here is the base course level that every student will experience. That's what I'm paid to teach. But once you get that under your belt, I don't know if like first year teachers, maybe you shouldn't do it. Who knows? But like, you know, once once you have like I, I can look any parent in the eye and definitely say like every kid gets this experience in world history. But once you have that covered to start thinking of like, what would this pocket of five students like? What would this pocket of 10 students like? And when you start playing to that pocket, it's so cool because it's so rewarding because those kids love it. It's true. I, I found I found that out, and you know the the game master loved it too. Uh, you know, just this just to see you know, just to see who would bite, yeah. um, and and take it. And I and it it's it shocked me. Some of the ones that were into it and played, you know, really played it. Um, there was a young man who uh, every, in when we were in class the entire year, you know, he's. He's a brilliant mind, but um, he he didn't want to do much <laughs> as sure. far as, you know, doing the work and turning in the work. And almost every day, you know, I had to come and kind of prod, you know, hey, you know, how you doing on, on the work? And he really liked to socialize. Um, so that took his focus away, you know, from from necessarily getting down to the, the work aspect and, and actually doing what he was supposed to do. Um, but he was one that really played the game. And, and it shocked me because I'm giving students all this, all these challenges. I'm not going to call it extra work. No, yeah. it's a challenge. <laughs> um, you know, and it's fun. And uh, one of the things that he responded uh, to me, because I, I sent out, you know, questions about, you know, how, how was the, this year? You know, what, what did you like? What would you change? Um, you know, what, what, what suggestions do you have for me? And, uh, one of the things that he mentioned was, you know, the game made it fun. He, he was like, you know, learning in this way is so much more fun for me. 
And so that was just something that he needed. He needed the challenge. He needed, you know, whatever it was, he latched on to this aspect of the game and the points and the leaderboard and the badges, you know, this, it, it was very basic. Um, it my doesn't game, have but, to be large. I mean, like I, I say right. it when I go speak that kids sort of imagination and whether that's your first grader, your fourth grader or your juniors, like, I still think, I mean, even when I was in college, I still had a, an amazing like creative muscle or imagination muscle that sadly over time as adults, we think, or we don't use as much, I think, as, as they do. And I, I, while I do not teach juniors, I have helped educators like yourself do this. And every time they put it in place, they're like, oh, they really, they did enjoy it. And they got into our CIA theme or they got into our like, you know, you know, news reporters theme. And it's like, yeah, of course they did. Like they still have imagination. I, I know. And I have to remind myself of that because, you know, e even as an adult, I get excited. Like my, my faculty, or, or I'm sorry, the admin uh, for our campus put out a, a bingo game last year for our faculty of all of the, the things that teachers do, you know, good teachers do, you know, like, you know, tutor you know, your student or, you know, go down to the ISS and, and do some tutoring with those students or sit with your uh, students at lunch. Like, you know, that was, those were all these different squares, things that we were already doing, but you know, it kind of got us, or at least me, you know, sure. if there's a game on, it's on with me. Um, and so, you know, like, oh, what, what can I do today? Oh, yeah, I can, I can write, you know, notes to th this many students and cross that box off. Um, and so we were playing this, you know, faculty bingo game. Uh, it was it was awesome. Of course, we didn't get to finish because um, we didn't end the year, you know, together. But um, just thinking about that, I, you know, as an adult, we get competitive and we love those things and those creative things. And so I have to remember that my students, even though they are in high school, um, they are still going to like it. And every time I roll something out and it's usually like so cheesy and awful and, but they, they still love it. <laughs> It's that I'm, I'm telling saying, you, it, it is. Oh, the, this, is it, uh, this isn't gonna fly, and they're like, "Oh no, this is fun," you know. So I think it's just the the novelty of just something different, something they haven't seen before. Well, it's that imagination I think coupled with surprise, because imagine like tables turned. Like each teacher thinks of their class as this great experience, and I think we pour our hearts and souls into it. But from a student's perspective. If most classes are sort of the same, they come in, they sit down, they hear a mini lesson, then they do some work, and then they leave your class and they go to my class and they come in, they sit down, they do a mini lesson, and then they do some work. Like, no matter how much I think this was a great speech, a great activity, a great PowerPoint, they're still pretty much going through like mini lesson, do work, mini lesson, do work, mini lesson, do work. If even on top of your mini lesson, do work, there's a little bit of a, oh, so we're like news reporters, like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. you like change it to like, you're on special assignment, which really just means you're gonna do this essay over here, but like you've changed the language to special assignment and I'm a news reporter and I gotta get in there and like, oh, cool. Like that's different than sit down, mini lesson and do some work. 
Right. Right. And, um, and that's what I thought of too, you know, thinking about the entire experience of the day, uh, for students and especially high school students, you know, there is no recess in high school, sadly. Um, you know, there's, there's uh, phys ed, right. But for a lot of students, you know, that, and myself included, that wasn't always a great experience. And so, um, just thinking about them sitting and listening to a lecture and, you know, Really, the campus that I work on, uh, that I work at, they're amazing educators and they all try to do things that get kids out of their seat and get kids doing something different. So I have to hand it to them. I I think the students in our our, at our campus um, do have a, a, a good experience of learning. But, you know, there are some days that my students, you know, I ask them, Hey, how are things going? You know, what's going on out and out in the world? Because I'm stuck in my cave with no windows. And, uh, uh, they'll say, Oh, we just, we've had five tests, you know, (laughs) by the time they get to me and I'm like, Oh gosh. And so I'm glad that I have something that they can at least, you know, maybe work in a group or, you know, do something, uh, different, you know, play a little game, you know, add some dice to whatever it is they're, they're working on. Um, so I think about that, that day, that, that entire day that they go through, you know, how can I, keep their attention when all they're thinking about is, you know, lunch <laughs> or the end of the day. Um, you know, seven period is known that that's our last class of the day, but seven period is known for being just, you know, everybody turns into a squirrel and they're all just like, you know, can't wait to leave. Yep. <laughs> it's hard sometimes to capture their attention. So I thought, well, why not take that, that squirrel energy and, you know, get it to, to go into, you know, the lesson somehow. So yeah, seventh period, it's a, a lot of timers, you know, we're going through things very quickly. We're moving from one side of the room to the other, which, you know, is a challenge, um, these days and, and, um, trying to keep everybody spaced out, but still working together. And so I do think about all of that. Um, when I, when I think about what, how this lesson is going to actually play out in the classroom. That's awesome. We have reflection time already. Already. I know. I'm telling you. It just it wow, goes. Wow, time flies when you're having fun. Uh, today's quote comes from Earl Nightingale. And it's a good one for our discussion, I think. And it is, creativity is a natural extension of our th- enthusiasm. Creativity is a natural extension of our enthusiasm. So how does that hit you? Okay. So I'm thinking, uh, you know, when we are excited, uh, uh, we're interested, you know, something that really, um, you know, lights us up. I think the natural inclination is to create something, to roll up our sleeves and dive into it. Um, that's what I notice with myself the things that I'm learning and I want to do. And it's certainly um, true with our students and some amazing things can um, come out of uh, that excitement 
for whatever it is. And and I did see that um, with my students, the things that they created uh, last year when we were all at home and putting out those challenges um, that wasn't extra work. It was a challenge and uh, they really embraced it and ran with it. And I just thought, gosh, you know, they're already dealing with so much, so much is going on. I was kind of surprised at how they dug into these little challenges and the things they created were just hysterical and they used what they had learned throughout the year um, to uh, to create some awesome things. It was it was great. I think the quote creativity is a natural extension of our enthusiasm really does a good job of summing up uh, why students I think enjoy a gamified class or a gamified experience because so much of it is undefined it's it's exploratory it's creative by definition because uh, at least for me the way I set up my side quests and that kind of stuff it's not like a project you run in class where you explain the entire project and you say you better do this step and you better do that step and you better have this that and the other it's really open-ended it's more of a, like a I point them in a direction like create a map or create a poster or you know but I don't define what needs to be on it the rule is obviously it always has to pertain to our current unit but other than that how you do it and like how much time you choose to dedicate it to it it's all up to you and so yes I have a wide range of what students hand in but keep in mind every single side quest for me is an extra like they they're still doing that base level work and then this and it was that exploratory nature and and I think that shows their enthusiasm that they're willing to apply their creativity but it's fun because it's creative like they're they're the captains of the ship as opposed to a teacher saying here's the rubric and you better do these 10 things if you want to get an a now it's just like go make a map what does that mean to you like whether that means take out the printer paper and color it out whether that means go buy some play-doh and make like a topographical map and multicolors to show the desert and the water maybe maybe that's what it means to you but like wow like that's creativity and that's where that enthusiasm sort of fills them with that excitement to go be creative because of the freedom that's what i get from the quote jennifer yeah that's awesome uh, yeah and like you said it's just it's freedom it's just freedom to like explore and not worry about oh am i doing this right you know i think that's part of what like my students struggle with is is the stress of am i doing it correctly you know it's such high stakes that that grade level you know they're getting ready for their senior year they're getting ready to apply to colleges yeah. they're taking the toughest classes that they've ever taken in their educational life and I, I can sense that stress. And so to give them things that they can still, you know, explore the content of, of my class, but, but the, you know, the rules are, are, are open, you know, yep. they, they don't have it's to worry a, about, am I going to make a mistake? You know? And, and I think we need that. Agreed. Well, thank you very much, Jennifer, for coming on to Well Played. It's awesome having you here with us. Thank you so much. This was you, great. You bet. Everyone else, I just want to again uh, say thank you for being part of the Well Played community. Uh, you can check out this podcast on pretty much any platform you get a pl uh, podcast. As always, uh, I feel honored that you're here. Check out MrMatera.com for all sorts of other ways to sort of connect and other things that 
we offer. Uh, that's all we got for you today. So enjoy the day and play on. <laughs>